0: Welcome to Fintech's DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Families of Fintech chapter, and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Margaret Gabriel, Head of Talent at CoinFund. She is here to share how she walks the talk for inclusion in our sector and what more she wants done.
1: Welcome, it's great to
0: have you with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I have been so looking forward to this conversation. I'm really excited.
0: Me too. I am so excited to hear your stories and your experience. Tell us a little bit about your role just to get us started.
1: I, first of all, it might be helpful just to tell a little bit about CoinFund itself, and then I can share what my role is there. So, CoinFund, we're a leading Web3 and crypto focused investment firm. So, we invest both in founders and companies in crypto and web3 we have over 100 portfolio companies now which is super exciting we also have a crypto liquid strategy where we invest in the actual tokens themselves so it's this really incredible place we're a small team but really trying to shape the global transition to web3 i've been in crypto for about five and a half years and It's really exciting to be at a firm whose whole mission is to champion the leaders of the new internet and really act as active investors to achieve extraordinary results for our founders, our portfolio companies, and our investors. And my role there, I'm really lucky to have the role as her head of talent. And that job is really two jobs in one. So on the one hand, a lot of my focus is on our coin fund team. So making sure our team is a really engaged, high-performing and happy and uh, enthusiastic team, ensuring that our culture is strong, that we're running great performance management, that our leaders are doing uh, the work they need to do to unlock the potential of the people at our company. But then I also, part of the real joy is being able to act like an outsourced head of people, executive coach slash just advisor for the portfolio companies, the startups in this really exciting, completely nascent world of crypto and Web3 and helping them navigate their people related challenges. And I always tell them that as you're building a company, you tend to notice that most of your really hard problems are actually people problems. So I I had the real pleasure of being able to work with our founders as they navigate those challenges.
0: Yeah, there's so much that incorporates and I can imagine so many different challenges to every single day that you face, but you have to be on your toes. Now, we've had some conversations around crypto, like super powerful, as you said, nascent industry. There's a huge impact that crypto is making on the future of work. What sort of things should we be considering?
1: So I think what is fundamental to crypto and Web3 and why it is both an incredibly exciting technology for reshaping how we think about everything, data, the world of finance, information, the internet. But that decentralized model is also really exciting for promoting like global collaboration and remote work and flexibility. So it's this whole concept of moving away from a centralized model where everyone's coming into the office at the exact same time and leaving at five or six or seven and Instead, it's this concept of we should be decentralized, like the technology that we're trying to build, and really allow for this like borderless global way of working. So that means being able to interview, attract, and retain talent wherever they are in the world. And that has to remain to our conversation, that just has enormous to me, I think, very positive ramifications for women, for working parents, for underrepresented people, for people who are all over the world, who may not live near a major city or may not have the ability to go into an office every day. And it really opens up possibilities for people to join the space that I don't think would be possible if we were working on a centralized model. And I think all of this actually also got even easier with crypto, excuse me, with COVID and the, that great experiment of seeing that people can actually do their work wherever they are in the world. Now, it doesn't come without its challenges. It's not a perfect model. There are certainly I've even seen it at CoinFund. Times where being in person is really important and just irreplaceable for culture, for tough conversations, for offsites, for working with partners or clients or customers, working with our portfolio companies in person. Some of those conversations are just—it's critical to be together. But the ability to have to choose when and when and where those times happen is just—it's huge.
0: It's so huge. And I love how you've explained all of this. I really believe in if you're crypto, be crypto. If you're Web3, be Web3. And actually, one of the challenges of the crypto space was born out of quite traditional, archaic, non-inclusion, more exclusion type industries, technology and finance has battled with inclusion over the years. And it's so interesting that there are many pockets of the crypto space that aren't getting inclusion, right? Even though it's so set up for inclusion, if you're true to it. So so share some of your thoughts on those challenges.
1: Sure. I think it's no secret that the technology and, and startup industry in general is lagging in terms of female leadership females in the when people who identify as women being employed at those companies and then certainly even in female founders and that certainly rings true in crypto as well and i know we will talk about this later but we all have a role in addressing that wide challenge and it's so critical for crypto because if our i'm a big believer that the diversity of your team Should really reflect the diversity of your end users so if you want to if you want your product to reach as many people as possible you're just not going to be successful at doing that if your team doesn't reflect that because you're just not going to think through the perspective of a woman or person of color or a parent if you don't have those people on your team there's like this famous anecdote that google put out once and i used to work there where they were talked about when they were originally launching the youtube app and they won't get this perfect but essentially they noticed that a certain number of their when they made the launch a certain number of customers were coming and saying hey this app doesn't work my uh, videos are constantly showing upside down and they were like trying to figure this out trying to figure this out trying to figure this out and then realized that the reason that for those people who videos were loading upside down it's because they were left-handed and they were holding their phone differently than people who are right-handed and the reason that they hadn't fixed that is because they didn't have any left-handed people on the engineering team who was designing the app. So they didn't even think about how it could be for somebody who wasn't right-hand dominant. And that's a small example, but it's just, I think, emblematic of if you don't have the people on your team, you're just not gonna serve those customers. And then those customers are gonna say that whole space isn't for me. And I'm not gonna buy that product. Or I'm not even gonna be included in the design of an entire potential ecosystem when it comes to crypto. So if you don't have women uh, on the teams, you're not gonna design products for them. and it just creates this continued exclusion and it scares me because i think that's exactly what happened in like traditional finance and it leaves a lot of women out or just feeling like this space is not for me it's confusing it's overwhelming it's intimidating i don't know the language and so i'm just going to opt out so we have a lot of work to do but i think CoinFund is providing a space for excellent and diverse founders to flourish because we're a non-consensus culture we value the diversity of opinion in the way that we drive our investments and our investment decisions and we care a lot about hiring women at our own firm so i'm one of a, of, of a couple women in leadership and i'd love to talk about our culture and why i think it's breaking the mold but it's certainly not the space has a lot of work to do
0: yeah absolutely and thank you so much for sharing that example of left-handed app users because it's just so clear if you don't have left-handed users as part of the design team you are missing out and you are you're you are excluding a huge proportion of the population. And this reflects on so many different levels. So I've really enjoyed that example. And it takes me so nicely to my next question on the focus that that I believe we all should be championing inclusion because inclusion, the whole point of visit that people are coming from so many different angles, so many perspectives, so many different walks of life. How far do you think we have actually come as an industry?
1: so i think when i think about i'll tell you i'm full of anecdotes but when i think about my mom being a working mom and then my experience in that period of 35 years it's light years different it's certainly not perfect but uh, my mom was a doctor so she was a radiologist at that time probably one of a handful of women at the hospital she was at doing her residency and she had my oldest sister and this is her first baby as what i know first baby is incredibly hard you're thrown into something that you have no training to do the the hospital especially in the u.s hands you a baby and you walk out and you're like how do i keep this little person alive and at the same time make sure my partner and i are on the same t- page and then i'm healing and it's unbelievably overwhelming and she had to go back to work at the hospital in six weeks which is insane if you you're not even as two and and a lot of other parent like birthing parents will know you're not even healed at that point to be able to actually go back and do a really hard job and she was breastfeeding and my dad had to bring my infant sister to the hospital so my mom could jump out between rounds and breastfeed her to keep her supply going and make sure that my sister had all of the nutrients and protection that a that breastfe- breastfeeding gives and by the way bring her to a hospital which is like not a great place to bring an infant because there's so much like disease and sickness and stuff that's going on and then so when i think about the fact that my mom had to do that it's mind-blowing and fast forward to today where I'll tell you like the story of how I was hired at CoinFund. I was not looking actually. I was at a, at another crypto-based exchange and, and loving my role there and I was very newly pregnant. I hadn't told a lot of people and CoinFund reached out and the process was really fast. They I interviewed with one managing partner, my now manager Chris, who's our president Chris Perkins and he had me meet with the rest of the managing partners and they just made it super clear in that process that they were really excited about my candidacy. And it was such an amazing experience to feel like this is a group of people who are sending me really positive um, signals that they they would love to work with me. And so I called, I remember I called Chris because I could tell that the process was escalating a little bit and moving pretty fast to like towards potential offer. And I wasn't really looking and I wasn't really thinking about the move and I was pregnant and I was like, I don't know if this makes sense for me. And it's a really small firm and crypto itself is already such a volatile industry and I need the dual income and I need the bet maternity leave. And so it was just like, not really a plan that I was thinking about making a change. And so I called Chris before they even moved to an offer or anything like that. And I was just saying, Hey, I, I think like things are, I couldn't get a sense that you're moving towards an offer and I just need to tell you. And I actually haven't told like even close friends, but I'm 12 weeks pregnant and I just want you to know that because this sounds like a big job with a big scope and that you need this person. And I need maternity leave and I need to I, I have no idea how this is gonna go and if this is gonna be a healthy baby, if this is gonna be a good pregnancy, if I'm gonna be able to do it all. And I just wanna be transparent because I wanna I don't wanna blindsight this with you, blindside you with this later and I just remember, it's something I'll never forget, he didn't miss a beat and just said to me, that's incredible news, we're so excited for you, it doesn't change anything on our end. And what's actually most important is that you just over-communicate with me and make sure you're telling me when you have to go to the doctor and that you're letting me know how it's going and that if you need help, you tell me. And I just could've, we were on the phone, but I like could've reached through and given him a hug because I just never been so outwardly supported in that way and also by a man. And that was like a completely just such a culture defining moment and definitely was the reason I joined. One of the huge reasons I joined because I just felt like, okay, I'm working for and with four or five managing partners who really get it and are family people and have really good values and are really supportive. And that was just huge. And that I can say absolutely confidently that that, was that feeling has and that like promise of support has rung true for the last year and a half that i've been a coin fund there are many times where i have teddy my son with me in a call or screaming in the background or i'm having to move something because he has to go to the doctor or i have to be off of camera because teddy is having a hard time and our nanny has to bring him into me, like all those, because we went back to work at four months. And what's funny, and and you probably know this too, you think when you're having the baby that four months is a long time and you'll be totally settled by then. And it'll be a good transition. Four months is so little. They're so little and so dependent on you still. And there was just so much understanding and flexibility. And it was a really cool experience because five other people, I think I was one of five people at our firm who also had a baby that year. And that was just, there was just so much shared understanding and camaraderie at the firm. So it was just a, it was a great, it's been a great experience from that perspective. So to answer your very long answer to your short question, I think we have as an industry and as we've come such a long way, especially in tech, I actually think the medical world where my mom was is still pretty hard on moms and working parents coming back. But tech has paved the way for all of this flexibility and understanding. I feel very fortunate.
0: And thank you for sharing such a personal story about being hired in your pregnancy. And just hats off to your boss. Like, like what an example of allyship. And actually, as you were talking, I had to stop myself from getting emotional because that is so powerful. You speak to any birthing parent and that moment of telling your work colleagues, your boss, I'm about to embark on something, I don't really know what it's going to be like. And you know, that's not only about birthing parents, that's about all parents. It's about embarking on a journey where your family life, your life, everyone close to you life is going to change. And how are we going to get through this, this sort of step into the unknown. And how absolutely wonderful is that that you can say that story and what an absolute credit to to the business i'm i'm so happy you've shared that and to anyone listening to this like thinking about your own personal experience of going through that, or a time where one of your staff will come and speak to you, which which type of boss do you want to be? The one that you just described, where within a heartbeat, congratulations, we're so happy for you, doesn't change a thing for us. It's about you and long term for you. It's just such, such a powerful story. And My last question in these pods is always the same. I want to always draw the attention to the tagline I use. I always say, let's walk the talk, because it's one thing saying we care about inclusion. We want to be good allies. But actually, what does walk the talk look like? Your boss there, he was walking the talk. We all have a role to play for inclusion in this sector. What would you like to see more of for genuine, authentic workplace inclusion?
1: Yeah, I have two things I'll share one is as actually first piggybacking off of that story which is so important because this is not just about making people feel good that's important and don't get me wrong it's really important that working parents and i'll say also like all working moms especially if they're like oftentimes are the default parent especially if they're breastfeeding there's just no biologically that's just the way it is and what i'll say is not only do are you sending a a strong message of inclusion and making that person feel good but you're also doing something really powerful for your business so one of the reasons i decided to join the firm is because of how i was treated in the interview and if you're trying to attract like top talent that's going to be here for a long time this is it's really important because that was a major decision making factor for me so it's good for the person it's good for you as a human being but it's also probably good for your business if you're sending us a signal that's genuine that like we support great talent and then you're able to invest in people for the long term and i think so two things to answer your question what can people be what would i love people to do the first is to think long term if you can as much as you can and i know this is really hard especially in nascent industries where and like startups where you might not have a ton of runway or you may not have a lot of time but if you can think beyond the short-term thinking of okay a maternity leave is a couple of months or coming back from mat leave might be really rough and rocky for a couple of months but this person could actually be really powerful for our company long term if you can help support and get through maybe like times that are challenging and check in with the person and make sure if they're underperforming or performance has dropped because of all the challenges happening outside of work can you try to think long-term? Is this somebody you really want for the long-term and think has huge potential? Can you think long-term? That would be one. And the second is really just about expectations. And Nadia, can I tell you like a quick little story to show what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. This is interesting. So this is one of my favorite stories and I've used this when I do some, part of my role is, is leadership training and coaching. And I use this story a lot when I talk about like performance management, but I I've been thinking about this nonstop since we've been having like, some calls about this podcast. So have you ever heard of the story of a horse called Clever Hans? Probably not. So during the early 1900s, this was when Charles Darwin's recent publications had come out and people were really interested around like the advanced level of, of, there's very like this huge interest in animals and like animal intelligence. And so there was this horse owner named I think Willem von Osten and he had this horse and this horse that he trained could do what he thought were like unbelievable things. So by tapping his little hoof, the horse was able to answer questions like two plus two and he would push his little hoof onto the ground four times. Von Osten was able to have this horse multiply, divide, tell the date by saying, okay, the eighth of the day of the month comes on Tuesday what is the date of the following Friday? And the horse would put his little hoof into the ground until he got to the right answer. And so all of these people started flocking to see this horse and they were like, this is the most amazing horse. He was reported about in the New York Times in like 1904. So all these people are coming to see Clever Hans. He was like making a splash. But then the psychologist comes and because he had heard about this horse and obviously had some skepticism, like there's no way a horse can do math and came unobserved. and observed and He was right. The horse could not do math. He could not tell time. He could not tell the dates. What was happening was that the horse was keyed in to the body language of the people that were asking questions. So when somebody asked Clever Hans, what's two plus two? And he would beat his little hoof as he got to four, people subtly or in big ways leaned in, got excited, eyes widened were like, oh my God, he's doing it. And he would stop and say, oh, like I'm doing getting the reaction i'm reading into this person's body language and the reason i bring that story up in terms of your question is it helps me think about the amazing things that people are capable of if we just expect it of them so if we can just send signals to people small or big that we feel confident that they can do it amazing things can happen for working parents so at coinfund I was given signals both small and very clearly in like conversation that I had that the expectations were high and that I had support and that they felt really confident that you can do this. And I think because of that, I am able to do it, even though it's really hard. So if you can send your people those expectations in your body language, in what you say, it's it makes all the difference in the world because... I can tell you, and I know you relate, if you're doing all of the insane physical, emotional labor of taking care of a baby and then also trying to work full time and the signal you're getting or the messages you're getting from work are that you're not good enough or that this is just you're not pulling your weight, that's one of the major reasons that working moms just call it quits and just say it's just not worth it. I'm out. And that's my that's that would be my worst nightmare, would be that in our industry in crypto women are just not given that signal that they can do it because I think that's why a lot of women will just drop out.
0: I'm so glad you shared that story. That is just absolutely spot on. And I I feel really passionately about that point. If you believe in people, they are able to do so much more. So I'm so glad that's what you brought to this podcast because that is what this podcast is all about. It's been an absolute privilege talking to you today. Thank you for joining us on FinTech's DEI discussions. Let's listen. Let's learn. Let's walk the talk.
1: Amazing, Nadia. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure we talk about this for hours and hours. So thank you.